Welcome to the conference room with this week's guest, Liz Wilcox. Nothing's ever perfect. It's really important to us that we don't raise the price of this membership. And almost every time they come back, a lot of people are going to say, if you really knew your worth, Liz, you would charge $99 a month. This is going to be great. Welcome to The Conference Room, a weekly podcast where business leaders and growth experts kindly share their experiences, actionable tips, and secrets to successfully grow a business. If you like the podcast, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star review. It'll really help us out. And I really hope you enjoy this week's episode. I'm Simon Lader. Welcome to The Conference Room. Good afternoon and welcome to the conference room. I'm delighted to welcome back friend of the podcast, Liz Wilcox. Liz, as you may remember, has built the most incredible source of income from a $9 membership. She's dedicated a second passion, 90s pop culture trivia being a first, to serving online business owners, bloggers and freelancers to utilize the magic that is email marketing. Liz is originally a travel blogger, but she's written a success story for herself on her membership that hits over a thousand users in a single year. And in March 2022, her launch brought in $48,000 in a single week. She came into the conference room earlier in the year to talk about her secret to successful email marketing campaigns. And we're delighted that she's come back to talk to us all about how she built such a successful membership program. So, Liz Wilcox, good afternoon and welcome back to the conference room. Oh my gosh. So, just so y'all know, if Simon ever gives up podcasting, it's because I've talked him into being my own personal hype man and he's now following me around giving that spiel everywhere I go. So, I am also delighted to be here. I'm so excited. This is going to be awesome. I love talking about the membership and inspiring others to just do their thing. So I'm really excited. Fantastic. So every hero has an origin story and we already know your origin story, but tell us how you actually came to building a $9 membership. How did all that come about? Yeah. So if you've listened to my last episode, you know, I was an RV travel blogger and then I sold that blog and went all in on email marketing. Well, when you first start a business, you need cash flow. So I started building my email list for this email marketing thing. I knew I wanted to sell digital products. I wasn't sure on a membership, of course, but in order to get some cash flow, I did a lot of copywriting. So I'm building the email list. Let's say that's one wheelhouse, right? And the second wheelhouse was the copywriting services. So I was charging a premium rate, VIP days or packages where I'd write your sales pages and your emails and all that jazz. And I had just signed $20,000 of copywriting services. And you might think, oh my gosh, $20,000, that's amazing, Liz. And it totally was because I'm a single mom. I was like, okay, $20,000 divided by four months. Like, okay, we're good, we're good. But at the same time, I was building this email list trying to help people realize the power of email marketing. Email marketing had changed my life. I grew up really poor. And when I realized I could click a button and make money, I was like, oh my gosh, more people need to know about this. So the problem with that was the majority of the people on my email list 
couldn't afford those services. They weren't there yet. They weren't already emailing, already having all their value letters, all this, right? And so I was sitting to write my newsletter and I thought, how can I help the majority of people on this email list? I had about 800 people at the time. How can I help them? What can I do to convince them that email can work for them? That if they just get going, one day they could be like these copywriting clients that I have, right? And what's the number one problem with email marketing? Well, you have to actually email, right? You have to sit down, you have to write. And most people didn't get into business to write. Hence why people are paying me $20,000, right? It's worth that much. But I thought, well, what if I could give somebody, give my audience this really simple win where they can get their newsletter out the door. If you listened to our last episode, Simon and I gave lots of tips on newsletters and welcome sequence. What if I could package up that magic a little bit every single week and give it to them to kind of tweak for their own? So I wrote a newsletter. I said, hey, I'm thinking of creating this membership. It's going to have X, Y, and Z in it. And the subject line was, can I have $9? I was looking at my data. How can I get the maximum amount of people to purchase this product. And I thought, okay, well, if they're beginners and I'm just trying to convince them to get going, just get on the bus, dang it. I'll take you where I need to go. That was kind of my thinking. I thought nine bucks. And so the subject line, can I have $9 was a little bold, we'll say, but it got a lot of opens. It's my best performing email to date. It's now in my welcome sequence. Everybody goes through that email. And I sold something like 30 memberships in the first day. And I even said in the PS, let this be inspiration to you. If you've got a really good idea that jazzes you up, just go for it. I even wrote in the PS, by the way, I'm typing this up, but I'm about to leave my house. So when you purchase, nothing is going to happen, but don't worry. I've got your money and I'm going to send you something tomorrow. And I made 30 sales, like I said, and in the first first 30 days, my goal was to hit 100. I hit 128 days. At the time of this recording, it's almost two years old and we have about 2,800 members. Wow, that's amazing. So how did you get those first 100 how did you get from 100 to 500? Tell me about how you actually went about building that up. Yeah, so I think the number one thing as I look back on the last two years, y'all, create something that you are very excited to talk about, right? That you could tell this story, you could share this offer over and over. I was incredibly jazzed, so to speak, about what I had just thought of. Oh, a template for your newsletter, Mad Lib style, you can plug and play. And what if I added a couple swipes so people could see it from different perspectives? Because that's my number one objective is, oh, I'm a special snowflake. This isn't going to work for my business, Liz. Because a lot of the stuff out there is very much the same of everything over and over. Anyway, so just creating something that I was super jazzed about and then hyping it up. I joked about Simon being my hype man one day, but this is not a hip hop concert. There's no one coming out before the state, before the headliner to say, oh my gosh, Liz Wilcox, EMM, you know, this is so exciting. You have to be your own hype man. So in those first 30 days, I just told people my goal and I shared every step of the way. Oh my gosh, we're at 40 people. Wow, 30 people in the first 24 hours. Are you going to be number 31? 
oh my gosh, you know, by March 16th, I want 100 people. I'm at number 78. Hopefully when I send this, you'll be number 79. I mainly did email. Of course, that's my thing. But even, you know, I do Instagram stories here and there. And so even on Instagram, I was saying, oh, have you heard about this? And I was just hyping it the same way. Like I said, somebody at a hip hop concert comes out and hypes up the main stage performer, right? I was like, oh my gosh, email marketing membership. This is going to be amazing. Join now, join now, join now. And I don't think in the last two years, I have stopped doing that. I'm constantly telling people my goals. Like we're recording this. It's the beginning of 2023. My goal is to hit 10,000 members by Christmas. And I've probably said that at least 10 times today. Wow. Wow, amazing. So we're going to come to how can people do that if they haven't got an email list, okay, which we'll talk about. And I would imagine we'll be kind of digging back into some of your extraordinary list building secrets, which we'll come to in a few minutes. But I want to explore with you a little bit is what is it that makes a membership successful and how you deliver that and what the difference might be between somebody that's offering a $9 membership and a $99 membership, okay? Absolutely. So yours is a $9 membership. Yeah. At the end of the day, I think it would be fair or reasonable for people to expect significantly less from a $9 membership than from a $99 membership, okay? That's not in any way to diminish or to in any way devalue what you're offering, okay? Because full disclosure, I am a member and it's really awesome, all right? That being said, does that give you more, for want of a better term, latitude to not have to deliver the whole white glove experience that people might want from a $99 or a $399 experience? Absolutely. For $9, especially in my industry, most people expect nearly nothing. So anything that I do outside of the 0.1% they're expecting is stellar. Oh my gosh, Liz, I can't believe you offer this or wow, that's amazing. Like one of the things that I do for retention purposes is I actually send a personal video to new members. And so it's usually like one to two minutes long, personally saying thank you and asking them, hey, what is it that you join the membership for? What kind of business do you have? I love to feature businesses that are actually in the membership, in the membership. And so that takes me above and beyond. But I don't have to do that. I didn't start doing that until the last few months. That was something I wanted to do to reduce churn, not that anyone would expect that. Now, if I was paying, like Simon said, 400 bucks a month, yeah, I might expect a little bit of that more personal touch. You might need more of that white glove experience, like Simon mentioned. And for me, it was all about creating the membership that is going to work for you and that you're so excited about hyping up is what is that experience that you want to give and what kind of effort do you want to put towards that? For me, I love a large crowd. <laughs> if you Google me, you'll be like, okay, I get it. And I love getting on podcasts like this and talking about email marketing. It's something that I truly am jazzed up about. You might be listening and think, oh no, I prefer to work one-on-one -on -one with people. I really love to dig into their business or whatever it is that you're serving them, however you're serving them. That's not my style. I was doing the copywriting thing and I thought, and I was dreaming of these beginners, right? So whoever you're dreaming about, whatever experience you're dreaming about, you can create the membership there. And I think that 
is one piece of what Simon asked about what makes a membership successful is that the host of the site is actually enjoying themselves and giving an experience that they love to give. And the second thing I think is making sure your members can actually achieve something, giving them reason, rhyme, incentive, excitement around what it is you're working on. So with me, you know, I have people coming up that have been in the membership for almost two years now. And to me, that's wild. It's like, shouldn't you just know how to write them by now? But they love the experience that they're getting and they take action every single week. So it's the same as Netflix. You're going to cancel that membership when you stop logging in to watch movies, right? You're not engaging with it. And so Netflix in the last few months have released all these new movies that are creating all sorts of buzz. Suddenly, I personally am logging back into Netflix when I wasn't watching it as much. And so I think those two things together go really well to create a membership that works. So that's fascinating, which leads me to my next question, which is, I've, I did a little bit of reading up before this conversation to see what schools of thought are out there about having a successful membership. Okay. And there seems to be two different approaches, okay? One is open the door to a membership at only limited periods, during, you know, at defined periods during the year, okay? Open them up for a minimal period of time. And then the people that come in, you give them a almost pre-scripted journey through to get them to where they want to be, okay? So... Um, say like it's like a three-month experience week one I'll give you this piece of information week two this piece of information week three and so on okay and then by the end of the 12 weeks they will have got to a point where they are they only need if you like maintenance and then they go through all the maintenance thing that reduces churn it keeps them in and all that sort of stuff and that school of thought also um, is very much into only give them what they need at the time they need it because otherwise they'll get overwhelmed people come and they'll be like oh my god there's no way i can achieve all of this that's school of thought number one school of thought number two is they come in and it's like the netflix experience where they can cherry pick from an enormous catalog of everything you have to offer your membership okay obviously is incredibly successful which of these schools of thought do you kind of steer more towards i know that people can join your membership at any time okay but with that in mind, how do you make sure that people aren't overwhelmed, there's a reason to still stay, all the kind of stuff that maybe group one would be concerned about versus maybe not feeling that they've got everything they want that perhaps people in camp number two think about? Absolutely. So how do you kind of navigate through that particular ravine? Yeah, so at first it was just every week, new content, new content, new content. So of course, after two years, I have a lot of content. I think there's over 150 templates now. And so what I've done to combat that, to kind of skirt the fence on those two things, so to speak, is I have a new member orientation. So when you join the membership, I very much emphasize watching this new member orientation because I talk about all the logistics. Hey, this is how to log in. But I talk about very specifically, wherever you're at with your email journey, if you're a beginner, if you feel pretty moderate, if you're advanced and you're just looking to simplify your weekly newsletter, where I think you should begin. And then I do have other type of content. Of course, I do a live Q&A once a month, and then I have two foundational trainings. So 
I have many other trainings that I could put in to keep them going on the steps, right? But for me, I don't want to overwhelm them with content to Simon's point. Oh, it's a free for all. It's really overwhelming. Where do I start? Right. And I just keep two very foundational trainings. And then I say, if you're ready for the next step, come to the live Q&A. That's where you're going to get that information piece. I also have a Facebook group where people can ask questions. Also, I do a quarterly guest expert. And I only leave four of those up. I leave four live Q and A's. So, you know, if we do January's by the time May pulls comes up, we pull January's. I don't want people spending too much time consuming content, getting overwhelmed by the amount of things that are in the membership. So I pull that and make sure those video trainings are only so much that they're getting what they need and not what they think they need. And last, with the templates, I also categorize them by these will help you get replies. These will help you get clicks. These are sales emails. These are pre-launch emails. And depending on your needs, and this is something I explained in the new member orientation, and periodically when I send emails, hey, as a reminder, this is how the membership is structured, so that at the forefront of their mind, they're able to relax. They might look at all this content like Netflix. Oh my gosh, I'm never going to get through all these genres and say, okay, Liz wants me to just start with the thing that I need. She's helped me identify it. Okay. I'm going to click over to that one thing. It's interesting because I know we keep kind of bumping back into Netflix, but I think it's interesting that, I mean, this is just my thought. It could be utter nonsense, but it may well be that a membership that is more, if you like, entertainment focused or more kind of hobby, fun, that kind of thing might be more appropriate to go down the Netflix approach of here's absolutely everything, okay? Versus something that's more, I'm going to walk you through a way to achieve a particular skill, to get you a win in a skill. Something that's more business focused. That might be more appropriate to have it much more curated and more kind of focused and limited. I'm just thinking that if I wanted to start a membership or maybe if I wanted to join a membership that was involved in, I don't know, cooking, there are, I know the research that I've done, there are many, many, many people that offer memberships where you get a handful of recipes on a monthly basis, but at the same time, you might get, okay, this is the email of this week's recipe, okay, but you can log on to the site and there's hundreds of recipes because of all the backlog that'll be from before you join, right? So that might, it might be appropriate to have a huge library of existing content for something like that, akin to Netflix, but with the skills that your clients are looking to gain, it may well be that having just this overwhelm of content really could be counterproductive. Yeah, the membership, it's coming up on two years. So I'll probably start creating less weekly content because you you can't go through, unless you've been in there every single week, you're not really going through every single email. So I think at the two-year mark, what I'm going to do is just start putting things in rotation and then just supplementing. People are now asking for a little more sales emails or things that I feel like are still missing in the membership to make it really cohesive and a true win for people. But I think with the email marketing membership, I have had requests for different genres, so to speak, like, oh, can 
you write social media templates. You could make these into social media templates. You could make these into video scripts. And I said, no, this is just email templates. And even within that, a lot of people ask me for auto responders. If somebody files a contact form on my website, do you have an email for that? These are just newsletter templates. These are things that your weekly email, your nurture emails, whatever you call them, it's just that. This is not going to give you a whole suite of everything to send to clients. It's for that email list specifically to nurture them, to get them to buy something. So even in that, it might seem like, yeah, wow, Liz has 150 templates, but they're still very narrow in what they do, if that makes more sense. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. And how do you house it? Like when people have become a member, other than getting your weekly email, how do they, how do yeah. you service them? For, for, you know, what platform are you using to service the membership? Yeah, I love that Simon asked this question because I think I'm about to blow your mind. If you're driving, slow down so you don't crash. <laughs> When I launched the membership for the first year and the first 1,100 members, this membership was served in Google Drive only. So every single week, you just got a link to a Google document. And of course, you might say, oh, well, can't people just steal it or make copies? And I thought, yeah, well, sure, they could. But at the end of the day, I just need to get this product out the door and see if it's actually viable. When people talk about like minimal viable product, I think I take it to an extreme sometimes. <laughs> so it wasn't until you know, I was a year in, I had over a thousand members. I had made some good money. And I thought, I guess I should invest. I guess I should start researching. Honestly, Simon's probably done more research on memberships than I ever have. Um, I should probably research a platform. And I actually had a member reach out and say, hey, I think I could build something that you're looking for on your actual WordPress site. And so she went in and did some sort of magic with plugins. And the site is actually delivered just on my website, lizwilcox.com with WordPress. And actually it's done with free plugins. So I only paid her $500 to build the site. And so to this day for hosting the membership, it's only cost me $500. Wow. So people don't have to use Kajabi or Udemy or ClickFunnels or any of these yeah. like of dollars a month sites. Yeah. And for me, that was really important to keep the costs low. I had been speaking for a few months. Oh, the content's getting big. It's getting too big for a drive to be organized. I need to find a solution. But for me, it was important not to raise the price because I wanted to make it accessible. I wanted, if people really you said yes to email marketing. I wanted to be able to say yes to them, if that makes sense. It was very important for me to find an affordable solution. When this person came to me and said, oh, I have a site that's pretty similar. You just use this plugin or that. I said, okay, well, we'll try it. And it's now been like that for 11 months and it's worked really well. There's haven't been any bugs. And you know now it hosts almost 3000 members with no issue. Wow. And in terms of payments, you have to obviously do a lot of payment processing if you've got 2,000 small transactions yeah. through. So how, yeah, of how course. do you doing that? Like charge so, so I use Thrivecart. It's just a one-time fee. I think it cost me like $500. It's not a monthly payment. I was using something called Samcart, which was costing me $200 a month. I recently switched about four or five months ago, costing me a lot of money. Again, I want to keep things affordable. 
And that works really well. And what's awesome is Thrivecart integrates with Stripe. So Stripe is automatically trying to, if you have a failed payment, it will try, I think I have it set for three, but you can, it's natural state, so to speak, is four. I have just three, it's nine bucks. If you can't get it after three times, you don't have it. Let's just break up, so to speak. And so after three tries, you know, Stripe notifies me and my assistant just goes in and sends an email. Hey, your card declined. Life happens. If you want to rejoin, you can do so here. And she manually removes them from the membership. Sam cart used to do this all for us automatically, but it was worth it to save $200 a month to just have my assistant at $20, $25 an hour do it. Yeah, exactly. Because the other thing is I'm sure you're cognizant of is that if you're spending, say, $300 a month or whatever on, say, one work to spend $300 on ClickFunnels and another... a month on Sam's car, right? If your infrastructure to run this is costing you eight, $900, that's a hundred members you need just to keep the lights on. So yeah, obviously it makes a lot of sense to be very cost conscious when you're delivering this. Yeah. Yes. That's a great point Simon brought up because that's something, this doesn't happen very often. I have an amazing community, but sometimes people oh, Liz, I wish when I clicked this, it didn't re-randomize or some little WordPress stuff. Nothing's ever perfect. I usually just reply, oh, we're currently searching for a feature that will allow us to do that while also maintaining the $9 price tag. It's really important to us that we don't raise the price of this membership. And almost every time they come back, oh my gosh, yes, I love $9. I'm getting a steal. Just remind them that it's $9. That would be, again, it goes back to that experience that Simon and I were talking about. You know, if you want that white glove experience, you want to give personal attention to people. Yeah, you're going to need that different price tag. But for me, it was, I just want you doing the thing. I really don't care care about anything else. We're going to have a little fun. It's going to be semi-professional as part of my brand. (laughs) So being able to just say, hey, it's nine bucks. I would love that feature too. And I'm not lying. I'm not saying I'm not searching for those things. I'm always looking at the updates on the plugins and looking at what other people are doing. But, you know, sometimes you just got to hit the back button, sister. I don't know what else to tell you. (laughs) Right. Yeah, exactly. So you mentioned earlier that the way you really started was opening your membership up at the very beginning to your list, which suggests, and obviously given the fact you are the queen of email, that you already had a pretty substantial list that bought into you, that knew who you were, that were opening your emails, because otherwise you wouldn't then be able to teach people how to do email. So with that in mind, what techniques would you recommend to people that don't necessarily have that list? Funnily enough, again, from the research I did this morning into how do you actually go about building a membership, one thing that kept coming up time and time again was don't try and sell to people until you've built that relationship. So I guess my first question is that's something you subscribe to, as in, would you have gone about doing this differently had you not had a list? As in, would you have taken the time to build the list, build an audience, build credibility first? And then beyond that, uh, what techniques would you recommend for people that do need to build a list? Sure. So to answer that first part, I love building relationships. My framework is follower, friend, customer, emphasis on friend, right? Refer back to that other episode for that. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, if that was true, 
Facebook ads would never work. I'm scrolling aimlessly on Facebook and I'm clicking on stuff and I'm buying it. I don't have a relationship with you. Facebook served me, served you up on a platter for me. So I mean, yes and no. Of course, with my email list, I had 800 people at the time and they were very well versed with me. They were those friends. I had relationships with people. And one of the things I did say in my email was, hey, I'm going to charge you nine bucks. A lot of people are going to say, if you really knew you're worthless, you would charge $99 a month. This is going to be great. And I even said, quote, but you and I both know my stuff is not garbage. I know what I'm talking about. I just want you to commit to this. And I feel like $9 feels good for me. And it's going to feel good for you to just get in and try it. And so I go back and forth on that train of thought. Now, if you don't have an email list and you're looking to start building it, especially for the purpose of selling products, which why else do anything in your business, right? I would suggest you have to have a lead magnet or some incentive for people to join your list. And then I always like to say list building and visibility. They're like Mary Kate and Ashley. They're not the same person, but I can't really tell them apart. So you've got to be visible in your business, whether you're running Facebook ads to a lead magnet or a small product or you're getting on amazing podcasts like Simon's, two-time winner here, baby. Do whatever feels good for you to become visible in your business or for your business to be visible. I just mentioned ads, podcasts. I'd like to do lots of private trainings. For me, networking is awesome. I know Simon and I, after we did our podcast, he introduced me to a couple other people and I've since networked with them, et cetera, et cetera. It's all about just becoming visible. The guy I met through Simon yesterday, He said, oh, I've got a new book. Guess what my newsletter today was about? His new book. He's probably made 10, 15 sales already in the last couple of hours. It's all about becoming visible, not being afraid. Going back to that very first piece of advice, hyping yourself up (laughs) and saying, hey, I've got this book. I have this thing. I have this lead magnet, whatever it is to get people interested and to get people sharing your stuff. Be your biggest cheerleader. Absolutely. Go team. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's great stuff. If I'm not very much mistaken, you have some list building stuff on your website. Is that right? Actually, I do. So I have a list building training. It's 12 bucks for 12 ideas. Simon sent me up there. I've got to love this guy. You guys pause this episode, leave him five stars. He's an amazing host. We love him. <laughs> but you actually get that list building training for free if you join the membership. Wink, wink. That's one of those foundational trainings that I believe Maybe this is helping you brainstorm what you would put in your own membership. Like what was the thing that in order to send newsletters, people need list building. You have to have people on your list in the first place, right? But the main thing I talk about in the list building training is I give a dozen ideas, but really it's what feels good to you. If I suggest guest blogging and you hate to write, definitely cross that one off the list, right? If I suggest podcasting or digital summits or public stages and you have terrible stage fright, maybe the guest blogging looks a little nicer now, right? So pick the thing that feels good to you because you're not going to do it if it doesn't feel good. It's going to feel like a grind and you know, you're going to go on social media or check your LinkedIn or something instead of doing the thing that's actually going to move the needle in your business. So other than just doing it, so to speak, what would you say are the key things that people need? If people wanted to replicate your success or at least have a crack at it, 
what would you say are the key things they need to have in place before they start? Before you send that first email going, hey, I've got a membership, what do they need to actually have in place? Yeah, I think just really basic from my story, you can tell I had it in Google Drive. So you've got to have someone to sell to, of course, whether that's your Facebook page, an email list, and a way to collect payment. These are just basic answers. I had almost nothing, guys. You really don't need a lot. Hopefully that was what Simon was setting me up for. You really don't need a lot. You've got to have an idea for content and the ability to communicate that with your potential buyers. Just being upfront and direct about the offer, I think will make you the most amount of sales upfront. Hey, I want to accomplish this. This will be my objective. So that was something that was really solid for me. Again, I've mentioned it a few times. I really just want you to start emailing your people. That piece, having that was way more effective than, oh, what card am I going to have? Am I going to use Kajabi? Am I going to do this? Having that real tangible, yes, my members are going to be able to accomplish X, Y, Z. That's going to take you so freaking far with your membership. Absolutely. Just figuring out what wins you're going to give them. And I would imagine breaking it down into small wins that they're going to get every time they interact, whether it's through email or whatever, but breaking it down to a series of tangible small wins for every step of the process. Absolutely. I think there's a woman named Vivian Kay. She's an entrepreneur in Canada. She talks about big little steps. What are those little things that you can do to have a big impact. So within your membership, what are those little things you can get people to do that are going to have a big impact that are going to help them reach that objective that you have for them? Right. Fantastic. So Liz, I believe you have a membership. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. I'm so glad you asked. (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling you guys, five stars, this guy. So I have a membership. It is called actually email marketing membership, hashtag SEO baby, right? And it's $9 a month, no joke. And it's a weekly- Sorry, how much uh, much is it again? $9, one away from 10 is the word I'm looking for. Anyway, it's a great membership. It's, you know, if you want to build your email list and you really need to get those newsletters out, you keep listening to this wild woman named Liz Wilcox and she keeps telling you email, email, email. And you go to your desk and you think, okay, I'm going to write an email. And then you have no idea what to write. That's what this membership solves. It's plug and play templates like Mad Libs. You can take them and make them your own. So every single week you are nurturing your leads and prospects and turning them into buyers. Nine bucks a month, baby. Exactly. And as a member, it's really good. And as people who listen to this podcast, and there's nearly 25,000 of you a month that are doing this. Well, no, I don't really come on here and endorse really anything, but I have to say, I I really do endorse Liz's membership. It's really good. So Liz, thank you so, so, so much for coming back. For most people, one is, you know, endurance enough, but to have been able to coax you back to come for a second time has just been an absolute joy. So everybody, go to lizwilcox.com, sign up to a membership, and if nothing else, not only will it really, really help you in terms of your email, it'll also really help you to see what an amazing membership can be. And it doesn't have to be a huge amount. So Liz, thank you so much. 
for coming back into the conference room. I really appreciate you being here. Yeah, I can't wait to see what everybody does with email. Thanks so much. Coming up next week on the conference room, I'll be talking to entrepreneur and crowdfunding expert, Dr. Letitia Wright. I was fearless back then. Looking back, I'm like, wow, where did I get this fearlessness from? I was learning business. This is a business. I started really running the show like a business. And, and so I spread out. I got nationally syndicated on direct TV. So that is how I got into television. I want to do this thing called crowdfunding. I raised money for myself, for my own book. So my main thing was I wanted entrepreneurs to understand about this great new tool. Thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. And make sure you visit our website, theconferenceroompodcast.com to see all the other episodes and to get access to the show notes and resources mentioned in this episode. If you enjoyed the episode, please share it with your network or better still, go on to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or any other podcast platform and leave us a five-star review. It'll only take you a moment, but it'll mean the world to us. And please don't hesitate to tell us which topics you'd like us to cover in future episodes. To get in touch, drop us a line in the comment section or send us a message on social media. Just search for The Conference Room Podcast or me, Simon Lader, on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, or TikTok. I'm always open to a conversation. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you'll be alerted when a new episode goes live every week. Thanks so much for listening to The Conference Room, and until next time, keep talking.